0: Excellent. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Systems of Wealth podcast. I am your host, Noel Cromfly. This is the first podcast I've probably done in like six months. So I'm a little rusty. So everybody bear with me, please. Um, We got a a perfect guest to be able to to get off some of the rust. So this is fantastic. Um, Joined today by a very special guest, um, incredible entrepreneur, coach, speaker, family man, um sports aficionado and addict so incredibly lucky to have of course the opportunity to talk with him today to have worked with him on projects in the past learned a ton from him super excited to get into his story it is the great bob ricknerish bob really really appreciate you jumping on today
1: are you talking about somebody else or (laughs) me
0: spotlights on you my friend
1: (laughs) good to be here noah and uh, uh, I'll hold your hand. We'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get through this rusty period together, and thank we'll, you. we'll thoroughly entertain your audience.
0: <laughs> You've done that at many points in my career. Just held my hand and been
1: my guide. So much appreciate. While, while you weep gently in my shoulder. <laughs> yeah, let's let's just reveal everything yes, about our exactly. relationship.
0: Yeah, you're you're the guy. Um Really like from the jump, I really, I want to start off, I, I start these, you know, with the, these conversations and this like podcast has been awesome for me to be able to just highlight the people that have been very important in my career and like just so important in my life. And I like just starting and using this as an opportunity just to say, thank you. Um, you know, I, I met you for the first time in 2019 at the Facebook ads workshop that you put on with Perry. I think the first and only Facebook ads workshop, if I'm correct.
1: Um Yeah. And well, I had, yeah, it, go ahead. it was supposed to, there was supposed to be more, but then uh, we had this worldwide yeah. thing that everybody seemed uh, to participate in. Gosh,
0: I don't remember.
1: And it, and it, it went virtual, but it was so it weird. Was good.
0: Yes. But um, I had, I personally had no idea how much my life was going to change, just getting to meet you there. And, you know, I was very early on. I'm still very early on just in my entrepreneur career, but just as a marketer and getting introduced to that level of sophistication when it came to running ads, but also just my mm-hmm. introduction to the Planet Perry world and just how much yeah. my own, you know, understanding of who I am as a person, as an entrepreneur, and the growth that I've had just being a part of that that community. Obviously, I got to work with you on building the funnel for the Ultimate Guide to Facebook Advertising. Again, thank yeah. you for plugging me in on that and giving me, that was like my first ever official, I don't know if I told you that, but my first ever like official funnel paying gig.
1: (laughs) Oh, you did one of those. I've done those. I've done that a few times in my career. Like, oh yeah, I know how to do that.
0: Yeah, I got these under my belt. I think, you know, just like, you know, for anybody listening, actually what I did, so I built a free funnel or like a free landing page for Perry's eighty twenty book just to like get practice. And then I actually think I built a funnel for you on, um, like advertising your, the ads coaching that you were selling at the time. I think I just built like a fun, like a mock funnel and I sent it to you and I was like, Hey, like you can use this if you want, like, this is just what I'm working on. And I think that's what started the conversation. Then you reached out like a month later and you're like, Hey, I actually do need your help with the funnel. And that's actually how it led to that. So something to keep in mind for everybody. Yeah. So pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, it's just, again, wanted to say thank you for, you know, being an incredible mentor coach. You know, getting to the opportunity to work with you so consistently has just been such a, a joy and a true highlight of my career and you know being a a for me at times and just some of the things that I've navigated and struggled with so again wanted to just say thank you from the jump here
1: love you man great love <laughs> it. it's all good i appreciate it um i do it i do it out of love and um i i do i do like hearing that that does like it's really important to be grateful as you know. Of course. Um, and uh I think it's a good practice to not just be grateful inside, but when you do get when somebody is important to you, I think it's important that you do reach out. So for yep. me, I try to make that a priority. Um it's not real comfortable for somebody to go on and on and listen to (laughs) but like yeah i i have to admit like one of my values one of my coach just recently as we flipped the calendar year was like he he said just own up to it bob one of your values is acknowledgement so just be okay with that like you need to you need to be acknowledged for the work you do so just own it i'm like okay so i smiled all the way through that it was, good. it was good
0: fantastic yes expressing express the love give the love
1: i um I, I i'm also in a i'm in a really cool mastermind this year and i i had to tell a story yesterday um that kind of gave people a sense of like what was one of your biggest wins and i told okay. the facebook ads story All right and I think it's important that I tell it. Like, there's a reason it came to mind. So, yeah, here's 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 this thing, and this is going to tie into like you just saying, "Hey, Bob, uh, I can do this funnel for you."
2: Yeah.
1: So, um, I I have been doing Facebook ads since 2013. Was it like I was a newbie at it? And in March of 2018. <laughs> Yes, I believe it was March of 2018. I got a call from Perry. And Perry was like, Hey, Bob, he's like, we need to get the fourth edition of the Facebook ads written. And I'd love to hear who you would recommend to write that book for me. And I'm like, (laughs) "Hmm." this inner voice inside of me goes, you are going to write it. So I said, Perry, um, I'm going to write it. He's like, really you know in a, the most perry way possible like really you're gonna write it i said <laughs> yeah he goes well i thought you were kind of moving on to the video and things like that. i said well yeah but um i feel like i should have written the second version <laughs> and the third version so this is my redemption yes and so he goes well okay he's like obviously you'll have the inside track but i'll need to check with brian and we'll need to vet out there's a couple other people that um you know, we, we've approached. And so, you know, we'll, we'll let you know. And, uh, and it turned out Perry came back about a month later. He's like, yeah, you're going to write it. Mm-hmm. So, um, that was the, that was me just going like, look, this is something I'm going to do. Yep. And it was a huge, huge undertaking. Um, of course. Mark Engels, my buddy helped me write that,
2: yep. but Shout at the Mark. same
1: time, yeah. But at the same time, um, I made another request to Perry. It was after one of his memos events. Um, Mark and I and Perry were in the car. We were driving to go get some dinner, and I just heard the voice say again, "Like, ask Perry what you want to do." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." So I say, uh, "Perry, uh, I'd like to host a, uh, I'd like to host a Facebook workshop in the fall. I think it was 2019." End of 2019. That... Yeah, it was probably November
0: okay. around October. Okay, yeah, around
1: so October. Yeah. okay, so in July of 2019, <laughs> as I was working, I, I had been working through the book for almost a year. I mean, yep. book books just don't happen. Of, I mean, the book itself, like this is the book. Yeah, it's, it's a thick. <laughs> okay, so the first edition of this book was was double that. So, like, I submitted this yeah, thick right. of a book, and they're like, ah, uh, no i i i had been compiling an outline of everything that i knew about facebook and would want to teach yeah and um yeah i submitted i submitted the whole kit and caboodle and they're like <laughs> yeah we got to cut half of that out um but i also had been like okay if i were to host a workshop these are the things that i would want to cover yeah so i said perry uh i want to host a live workshop get about 12 people in the room spend two days and um let's let's dig into Facebook and um, Perry was like yeah go for it and of course was like tell me what you want to do so you know (laughs) kind of did all the work Um, but we we put the promotion out and about three to four weeks before the event happened Perry's right-hand person calls and says hey Bob we only got two signups he's like you know we're on the we're on the we're on the bill for the hotel. We can exit out like 30 days in advance, and get our money back. It was, and again, I just heard this voice like, Nope, it'll fill. And I told him, I said, no, we're not going to do that. I said, it's going to be on, we're going to do it. Yep. And, um, yeah, true to form and true to planet Perry form, yep. like all the other 10 signups occurred, <laughs> um, <laughs> within the last two weeks of the event. Yeah. Um, the other thing, and I told this story in the event, I don't know if you remember this, but like two days before that event, I was sick as a dog. Yes. I was laying in bed. I couldn't yes. get out of bed. And I just laid there going, what's going on? Like, what, what is this? And I just heard the word resistance. And mm. it reminded me of Stephen Pressfield's book, the, the, the War of Art, mm. that when you're about to do something great, there's going to be this opposing force that's yes. going to come along that's just going to go, all right, are you serious? <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. I just said to myself, I'm going to be fine. And I woke up the morning of the event, felt great, yep. uh, got there. And another funny thing happened is I had so much shit prepared. <laughs> like I had pages and pages of stuff that I was going to teach. Like, all right, I got all these people coming here. Yep. Like I'm I got to teach them all this stuff. Right. And I I, I let off with that. But then something was inside of me again goes just let's just take care of their problems mm. so literally what we ended up doing and you remember this noah is we just went around the room mm-hmm. and i'm like all right let's what what are you working on yeah what what are you what's challenging yep and i just went around the room all 12 primaries and like what are you working on what yep. do we fix and i fixed all those problems over mm-hmm. two days Right. Um, and you happen to be there, of course, with Scott. Now, our, our friend Scott Shang was flying across the country from California to
2: California. Philly. Yep.
1: And he's like, Oh, well, this is like in the, like, I'm on my way to Philly and I've been running ads for Five My Way Home and like, this would be good. And of course, you were a friend of his working yep. on it. Like, hey, you took you along. Mm-hmm. And Scott's like, I'm not really sure how he ended up in the room, <laughs> but I did. And, Now, you know, you and Scott are amongst my best friends in the world. We have worked together. We, you know, we have fun together. Um, And I'm just like, how fun is it that this Facebook event that I conceived in the, as I was driving to uh, dinner, I think we went to like five guys for burgers. (laughs) And I'm like, what, the reason I told that story yesterday was I, I wanted I wanted to remind myself how brave I was. Yes, and and the and the chances that I've taken. Yes, and all all my best wins were when I kind of jumped off the ledge. Mm. <laughs> um, I, I I'm thinking back to 2004. I went to my first Dan Kennedy seminar. Yeah, and uh, I met Bill Glazer, who had bought uh, an interest in Glazer Kennedy obviously his name's on the company um he he formed a partnership with Dan and they held uh the the first ever info summit and bill offered a mastermind and he's like it's a thousand dollars a month and at that time like 12 grand a year was like oh my goodness no i wasn't generating that kind of income then right. but i'm like i got to be in that room yep and uh i i went back to my hotel room and i wrote bill a sales letter i'm like this is like hey you're taking a chance on a newbie like Mm. i'm a sponge i've got these skills i was i was a programmer i was a beginning marketer and i'm like i think i could contribute to the group and you know i think it'd be good for you to have kind of a a wet behind the ears green guy in the room (laughs) for you to kind of mold in shape and uh bill called me Uh, And he's like, yes, I really liked your letter. And he's like, congrats. Um, I agree with you and have you in the room. And gosh, no, that room over five years, uh, I became friends with Ryan Dice. Uh, Russell Brunson was in there. Oh, wow. Um, Oh, I didn't know this. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Allie Brown, Tom Arendt. Big um, hitters. Just really big hitters. Ed O'Keefe. Wow. And then, but. I I met probably one of the most influential men of my life, Rob Berkeley, who passed away four years ago. He really inspired me and is inspiring some of the stuff that I'm getting into now, but uh, was just a transformational person in my life. And again, it was like, I was just reminding myself yesterday, like, you know, I, I'm I'm making some personal shifts, as you know, and things yep. like that, and I'm, yep. I'm just like oh, Bob again. But then <laughs> I'm just reminding myself, like, no, this is what you do. And this, this has is, always been, yeah. This is what you do, and right. Your intuition is always right. You you you've got this inner compass that you that you direct your life by, and it's never let you down yet. Um. So it it was just cool to like, and again. I didn't know I was going to tell that story and that I did. And I was just like, Oh, I'm so glad I did because other people picked up on that and just reminded me of some of the things that were like, Hey, this is kind of one of your superpowers is a lot of people don't listen to their gut or they don't trust their gut. Like you do. Yes. And, and you haven't been let down. So it's, it was just, it was really cool to tell its story. And now it's like, Oh, of course, like I'm on Noah's podcast. I got to tell the story because that's where <laughs> you and I met. Yes, 100%. And, and, and the fact is like I, I picked up two lifelong friends, probably a couple more, but like you and Scott, obviously we've gotten a lot a lot closer than some of the yeah. people, but um, just amazing sometimes when you say yes to things, Hundred um, percent. the yeah. goodness that comes out of
0: it. 100%. Amy was in that room. Amy LeCosch, shout out to Amy. She's fantastic. Yeah. I think yeah. there's something like, there's a couple things there that I would do want to, you know, kind of pull the thread on. But one of them, you know, I think is so interesting, you know, that I've always thought of myself as like, you know, or at least where I started with, with paid ads, marketing online, you know, but the majority of the clients and the relationships that I work with on a day to day basis have come from being in like the right rooms, like being outside of like from behind the computer and being in the room and making those types of connections and like not necessarily running ads to get clients, like that's a service that we provide and we do a lot, but like me as an entrepreneur in my business, so much of like the relationships that I have and the clients that I've gotten, have all been being in the right rooms. And it sounds like, I mean, obviously that's been sort of the case in your journey as an entrepreneur as well.
1: Yeah, it is. uh, It is clearly a function of who I know versus what I know. Yeah. It, um, yep. I mean, how many people are experts at Facebook ads? And at the time I was a Google ads expert and, um, and a programmer, like hundreds of thousands of people had the same skills, but I put myself in a position where I, I leverage relationships and, um, yeah, I, again, I think, you know, something was inside me said, like, look, getting in Bill Glazer's group, is going to catapult you forward. Mm-hmm. It 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 can't not. You know what right. I mean? Like, I mean, certainly I could have gone there and not really applied myself, but right. I I I said, look, like this is an opportunity, and again, it was a stretch financially. Like, I got to make this work, yep. type of thing. So, right. yeah, there's a lot of things. Ironically, you know, I've been in marketing for 25 years. Like, the thing that like i've never been able to run paid ads to grow my business <laughs> right, right right like it's like they are it's just the ironic thing is like i wrote yep. i wrote a book on how to grow your business with paid ads <laughs> and it doesn't work on me um i grow my business by being part of groups um getting into masterminds developing relationships yep. developing trust and yes. and doing that and then uh, getting referrals from those people that's yep. that's how I have traditionally grown my business. Right, it's 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 ironic that the things that I teach people do not work for me, but they (laughs) absolutely work for others. It's not like, oh, Bob, you don't, you're full of shit. No, like my stuff has helped people generate tremendous wealth. Uh, A lot, a lot of stories about that. But you know, for me. The way I'm wired is like no. For you, it's this is this is how you grow. So it is a lot about being in the right room, right place, right time.
0: Yeah, 100. That's been my experience as well. I mean, the first roundtable that I was at with for per Perry was in San Diego a couple months after the Facebook Ads workshop, and I was had the the luck to sit next to Mark at dinner. And, you know, he basically told me like I was running ads and doing a lot of ads. And he's like, don't run ads to get Facebook ads clients. And it was so like, huh? <laughs> then, yeah. Like what? what? And then as I got deeper into it, I was like, I get it. I totally understand like the the sentiment from that. The other story that I would love for you to tell is sort of that same sort of approach of like, you know, the, the feeling that you had, like you were had this, you know, what you were going to do with the Facebook ads book, and then even what you're going to do with the workshop. I know you had the same sort of approach for the AI seminar last year, like what you were going to present on. And then all of a sudden, it turned into just talking about stories and being a human and kind of connecting. Can you like touch on that yeah. and kind of share that story as well? Because I think it's the long, the same sort of sentiment.
1: Well, it was it was 2016 when we made the shift. it's uh, when I started Feed Stories with Brandon. And it was... It was in the parking lot of Facebook headquarters. <laughs> uh, Facebook just started talking about video at this event. Yep. Uh, there was nine, there was hundred advertisers in the room, and uh, they just kept talking about video, and that prompted me to call Brandon at lunchtime, and we essentially agreed. Yeah, we're going to start a video production
2: <laughs> marketing
1: company. But what I be mean, what, what what took me several years to realize was what was attractive about video was not creating video. It was the stories mm. and the idea of drawing things out of people um, and being able to capture what's inside of them and, and record it is a, is a really lovely thing. It's a lovely skill to have. Yeah. What, what I've realized last couple of years is this, this, this ultra empathy that I have, and I can only describe it as that is like, I feel people, I read people, and it gives me this ability to really dig deep with people and ask questions that unlock things. Right. Um, and there's a lot of application of that as you, as you can imagine. What, what I realize is that, um, in the process of creating this company, the thing that interested me about the company was the people and
2: Mm -hmm. their stories Mm -hmm. and
1: it was less about everything else. (laughs) So I I have been diving deep into storytelling and, and, and how to make deeper connections with an audience and just really going deep on that. But yeah, Perry had asked me to speak and I really didn't know what I was going to speak about. Um, And then my mother passed in April of last year and I took two weeks uh, two weeks with my wife. We just went away to Myrtle Beach. We golfed. Yep. It was just like, i just going to get away. And while I was there journaling every morning, it just the inner voice showed up again. Noah mm-hmm. was like, it, it just gave me something different to talk about. Mm-hmm. So my, and I, I called Perry. I'm like, Perry, <laughs> you know, we're <laughs> friends. So I'm like, do you trust me yep. to bring something? He's like, implicitly. So whatever you need to share, go ahead and share. So I chose to speak about in relation to AI, there is a level of anti-humanity in it. Mm-hmm. And what I talked about was, well, how do you how do you position yourself against a machine that knows way more than you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are what are people gonna value in you? Well, It's not what you know anymore, because at the click of a keyboard, or now you can pick up your phone and talk to it, Hmm. you can ask it any question about anything that's ever been answered in all times and get the answer instantly. So people are not necessarily going to value you anymore for like the information you give them. Hmm. And what they're going to value is your wisdom about that information. So I talked about things like building community, like building relationships, live experiences, almost like, hey, if if everybody's going this way towards technology, I'm going to go this way towards humanity. I'm going to zag while they zag. Right. And I talked about storytelling. I talked about putting out your story, putting out your personal stories, letting people know who you are. And generally connecting with a marketplace, and when you saw the room, it was it was quite powerful. Yep. And the line of people that came up afterwards thanking mm. me for giving them permission to be who they are. Yes. I I, di- I did nothing except this. Like I, I talked about a lot of things, but ultimately, what I gave people permission to do was to be who they are. Mm. And so that, to me, is my next work. It is, it is fully embracing that and going going deep with how do I help people unlock who they are mm-hmm. and create a personal life and a professional life and a business around who they are, how they're wired, what their superpower is. Giving them permission to fully embrace that and then go you know raise the consciousness on the planet, inspire people, do with that. Um, that's that is very interesting to me, and that talk was really a start of kind of this next phase in my career.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, you could feel like the the heaviness, like in the room, or just like how much it hit with people, like just being in there in a in a conference that was all about digital paid advertising talking about ai and getting lost right. and kind of that and a lot of
1: engineers design. yeah a lot of a lot of like teach me all the prompts you know right. and i i chose to go a different direction now i'm yeah. speaking again this year and i'm like yeah. rick how am i going to top that what am yeah. i going to talk about but i think
0: that inner voice has probably got something for you
1: the inner voice is going to tell me something in a couple totally. months so i'm 100%. not going to i'm not i am just not going to worry about it <laughs>
0: Nor should you, nor should you. I, I would really like to dig into that like a little bit deeper. It's been something that I I was putting on my notes is why I was prepping for the podcast today. Sort of. It's something that I am a big sort of um, reason why I started this podcast was like, I have questions that I'm navigating in my early career as an entrepreneur. And I have the, quite honestly, I call it like the luxury of being able to talk to people that are, you know. Lot, much more experienced, and down the line, are probably navigated certain things, and maybe people in my position are having the same sort of feeling, right? So maybe this can be an outlet, or a you know, a, a value to people. And so one of those things, as like I am in my position right now, is sort of identity, right? And I think um, yeah. I remember you were talking about it at the seminar that like when you go up to people, they're kind of you know, hey, like good to meet you. What do you do, right? And <laughs> sort of it's like what we do for our work is like who we are, right? And I think we kind of forget sometimes like how to explain who I actually am, or like it gets lost, like our identity gets attached and gets lost into like, oh, I am a marketer or I am, you know, a CRM builder and that's who I am. And like, what I do is all encompassing of like who Noah is. Right. And so yeah. what's, what's your kind of like, you know, feeling like when you help people kind of break out of that and sort of find their identity or like who they actually are, what is like some of the, I don't know, practical applications of like how people can kind of navigate that, some of that stuff?
1: Well, there's there's a lot there. Yeah. Um, I think I think some people absolutely love the fact that their identity is wrapped up in their work. For sure. And that's and that's okay. I'm I'm not judging that at all. Yeah, of course. But I, I think a lot of people, if they're honest with themselves, take a look at what they do and realize it's not an alignment. Um, I mean, a lot of people. I mean, just the career shifts and people leaving the workforce and going into business, I, you know, what are they seeking? They're, they're probably seeking independence and freedom, uh, financial rewards. But yes. I, I think they're seeking something that's more in alignment with who they are. Right. Uh, there's There's something dissatisfying to me to be completely identified just by your work because it doesn't really fully capture who I am as a human. You know, I I started running these experiences where I bring four people together or six people together, wouldn't introduce them. Um, and, And, you know, because when you ask people to introduce themselves, they immediately go to their resume. And while that could be interesting, it doesn't really reflect who that person is. So what we do instead is we say, Hey, tell us a story that, Really gives us an idea of who you are. Mm-hmm. Now, now, what happens when that when that occurs is that typically somebody goes for something very personal, yep, right? It's very meaningful. And what you get is four or six strangers come together. And inside of two hours, there's this incredible bond that forms. Right, is because we took off the gladiator suits, <laughs> and we found out, you know, that this person uh, really has this heart for uh, children's charities, or this person, you know, has taken care of their their mother who has been ill for ten years, and it's yeah. like. Like all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, that's who that person really is. It's yes. not that they run this successful SEO company, right. or or they're an operations guru, or they're a mortgage expert. Like, okay, that's interesting, and it's 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 an aspect of how you show up in the world. But this other piece of you is is really interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, when I when I talk about Facebook ads or video, like, okay, I can I can hold people's attention. But as soon as I talk about the fact that I'm a high school basketball coach, people lean in and are like, well, tell me about that. Right. Like, what's that like? You know, spending your, you know, four and a half months every winter with 16 year old boys who know everything and (laughs) smell like garbage and max spray, right? right? Like, that's way more interesting. Or, you know, the fact that, uh, my wife and I go golfing multiple times a week. And it's like, wow, you know, my wife doesn't do that. Like, like I've got more depth to me than just the fact that I'm this expert or that expert. So I, I personally think, you know, and I'm not going to be everybody's cup of tea, but like, I know that as I build this, this, this new thing, I'm going to attract people that are frankly tired of Mm -hmm. being identified by what they do. And they're much more interested in, in you know in wrapping who they are into their business and being able to be authentic and it, to me it would just make business much more fun <laughs> you totally. know you don't have to pretend you don't have to you don't have to put on an act you don't have right. to copy somebody else you know I'm so tired of like all the marketing where it's posturing and it's right. like they're trying to act like Russell Brunson or Ryan Dice. They're, you know, they're trying to mimic somebody else. And it's like, look, dude, it's not you. <laughs> yes. Like I, you're, you're just trying to be a, a copycat of somebody. Right. Like who are you? Right. Like, you know, so. Yeah. I think
0: there's, there's two things there that are really, I think are so valuable. I mean, one of them that I learned from Perry and I'm so thankful early on to go deep into his material is like, you know, a 20, 21 year old, because it forced me very early on to almost, I like face and stand firm and look at some of the like personal things that I had experienced growing up and sort of almost like clear some of that stuff and get like, okay with that. And so then I could build from a place of sort of foundation and alignment. It was almost like the answers of what I was looking for in my business were hidden in what I had experienced and who I was growing up. And it was yeah. interesting to build from that perspective rather than sort of like the, the analogy is sort of like, you know, what Perry uses sort of like what people are, you know, presenting online sort of like business in a box, plug into this system and all of a sudden like money flows your way, right? And it's kind of like, eh, sounds too good to be true. probably is, right? And so- It is. <laughs> it is. And a big part of um, the program that Perry that I, Perry put together last year that I got to co-host with him, the zero to hundred K program, like the whole first kind of modules of that is very much like- there's no such thing as a, perf- a perfect business. There's only a perfect business for you, right? And so being almost self-aware and intuitive and, and being tapped into that voice and building from a place of like, well, that's how you could stand out in the marketplace because like this is a a, a a message and a voice that resonates that nobody can really copycat or take away from me because it is unique to me and it is my story. And I think it's it's difficult sometimes to like, be, I don't know, comfortable with that or like own the truth. And you kind of like some of that stuff, you just like, I'm not going to deal with it because it causes pain. But as you deal with that and it becomes something that like you own and it becomes like your truth, then you can share it. And people, I mean, there's nobody that on this planet that can be, you know, um, that hasn't had hardships or dealt with something that like is very defining of who they are as a person. So we can all, you know, relate and connect and, and see that and see ourselves in that. I think that's super valuable. And then the other one for me has always been you know, I find it difficult to be someone that like stands at the mountain and kind of shouts and puff my chest out and like, look how good I am, right? Like, that's really difficult. It's a big reason why the way that I do these podcasts is like, I bring on somebody that I think is super interesting. Spotlight is on them. Like, I just want to be in the background. Like, I'm just a fly on the wall. I'm curious. But I think telling stories is so valuable because like, it is true. That's not really like something that I need to make up or like, is fancy marketing. It's like, no, look at like the truth. Look at what I did. Let me tell you the story about like why I started this business or where I come from or this person that I helped. And that is just so valuable. You can just get lost in that and just tell the story and like put it out there. It doesn't need to be anything fancier, just you know, beyond that at that point.
1: Yeah. Um, the uniqueness is a is a big factor. Um, you you've heard this story before, but I'll tell it. Yeah. I, I really learned this back in 2013 when I started working with a woman named Amy Krauss. Yes. Uh she she was a woman out in Colorado, uh, married to her husband JD, who's an entrepreneur. But um the, the story goes is that she she loved CrossFit. She would go to the gym and she had this wispy blonde hair that would get in her <laughs> face, and she liked to wear headbands. Um, and her own admission is that her head was weirdly shapen and, uh, (laughs) she couldn't find headbands that would stay on her head. So she figured there's gotta be a better solution. So she sat down at her kitchen table, dining room table and started sewing, um, went and found different materials, went, went through a bunch of prototypes and came across something that actually worked, started, uh, wearing them to the gym and her friends were like, Hey, Amy, like, what are those? And yeah. she's like, Well, these are my new headbands. And they're like, They're great. Can you make me some? Well, JD is like, Amy, you're making a lot of these headbands lately. What's going on? She's like, Well, the my friends at the gym like these. So I'm, you know, they're basically paying for the materials and, you know, they're they're, you know, buying them for me. And JD's like, huh. <laughs> He's like, I wonder if <laughs> I wonder if strangers will want to buy these. Well, serendipitously Easy enough for me to say, uh, <laughs> I'd send out an email and say and to my list, and I'm like, hey, I'm I making a shift from Google ads to Facebook ads, and I am looking for three companies to work with, and uh, you're going to get a great service because you're going to get it cheap. Um, you're going to help me build my skill set. Um, and, and if you have something that you think is a fit, reach out. Well, JD reached out. He's like, I got on the phone with he and Amy. And we started talking about these headbands. And during the course of that conversation, I said out loud, I had the audacity to go, well, Amy, when we're successful with this, the reason we're (laughs) going to be successful, um, I said, first of all, you're going to get knocked off. Yep. Because as soon as you create something successful, people are going to see it, think it's easy, knock it off. I said, but here's here's why they're not going to be able to knock you off is because we're gonna have you tell your story Mm. and we are going to market this product with your story. And this is, you know, this is the beginning of the explosion of Facebook. So, you know, we took the position of, hey, yeah, we're selling great headbands for a premium price, $20 a pop. but we we started telling Amy's story, and in fact, we created a really simple thirty second video on an iPhone, which was like, "Hi, I'm Amy Krause. I'm a mother of a CrossFitter, and I couldn't find a headband that would stay in my head. You know, so I created Boulder Bend headbands, um, and uh, I'm drawing a blank. It's like, oh, um, we. It was like these bands stay fit. So you are these va- these bands stay." Um stay still so you don't have to. Yeah, right. It's kind of that premise. Yes, um yeah. <laughs> and so join our community of fun loving women uh, at boulderman.com. It was a very simple ad. And we also then encouraged Amy to share things about her life. So things about being a mom. Yep. Uh, she's a woman of faith. Things about her faith. Um, things about workouts. And she grew this huge community, of over 300,000 people uh, on this page. And just a year later, um, after running this ad, this, this ad that we created was seen by 35 million women. Uh, we generated 100,000 new customers and we actually Um, in 2014 were the clothing retailer of the year um (laughs) shopify clothing retailer of the year think about that people were selling dresses and boots and jackets and whatever everything she was selling headbands so (laughs) they generated the most sales of any clothing retailer on Shopify in 2014. And they got to take a trip to New York and see David Johns and Ariana Huffington.
0: Crazy. Um, Crazy.
1: So that showed me the power of how do you, and Oh, by the way, people tried to knock her off all the time. Yeah, like, course. You, right. like you would see her headbands all over Amazon. These companies would pop up, which were people that likely bought from her, by the way. <laughs> right. And like right. Know exactly what the product was made of. Um, But she, she dominated that for several years, ended up selling the company, but it was like, nobody could knock off Amy's story. And the timing was like, look, if you try to do that now, it's probably not going to happen. But the fact is the timing of that with how Facebook was growing, it was just like, things just kind of came together and she, she had first mover advantage and some of those things but she told her story which was not comfortable for her yeah but it create it made this it built this community it created her in such a unique light that nobody essentially could copy her business They, they could not knock her off right and that that's just something that i i learned then it's just it's it's just part of what we do now which is like we need to interject your story yes you know are are you just going to be a CPA? or Are you going to be a mm. CPA that uh, I'm thinking about the experience you were in? Our CPAs like this coffee loving,
0: guy, <laughs> I right? Love him. Josh, like, right?
1: Like, yeah, yeah. like let, let's let's make you interesting. <laughs> Most CPAs are not interesting, <laughs> and he
0: really is. Like, as soon as you started like listening to him, like, gosh, dude, like, yeah, you got a lot going on.
1: Yeah. You know, he had a biking accident and he like broke his yeah. back. Right. Like these are <laughs> like these are things that make you interesting.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like people are are interested in your product to a point, but what they're really interested in is all that other stuff. They yes. just really are. Right. If if that wasn't the case, then Instagram wouldn't be a thing. Right. Um, TikTok wouldn't be a thing. Reality TV wouldn't be a thing. People right. like to just Li- they like to live other people's lives. They like to hear <laughs> other people's stories. They just do. Yep. So you gotta lead into it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. In a world where AI is like leading to this idea of automation, and I can just set this thing up and not think about it, it's like the pivot. Kind of like what you were saying, right? When people are going down this way, you're gonna go this way, right? And so the world is going that, yeah. and it's like actually the touchy feely. I need that connection more and more because, like, the world, like, I, I feel it, and you know internally for my own sort of like the age that like i am still i'm young but i'm still in a position where i grew up knowing what it was like life without a phone you know like what life without social media right i still feel you that do? And then like, wow. i do probably from i've got my first phone in fourth or fifth grade i mean what are okay. you okay you're like 11, maybe 10. So like, I remember what it was like to not be that and not be on Facebook. And now like that has been, you know, the last, I don't know, dozen years has been all of that. And so then now I'm, I feel it now where I'm like, I just want to be removed from that stuff. I don't want to like, I, I want to be, I want to be in, I want to be like in this like actual what is real. Like, I don't want this to be a simulated feeling of like connection with people. I actually want to feel the connection with people. Like that is why for me being wow. in those rooms is so valuable.
1: You need to participate in the matrix, but not be plugged into it. <laughs> well said, well said. That's 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 the difference.
0: <laughs> I want to, there's, there's two things that came out of what we were talking about. One, like I want to dig into, so I mean, you mentioned, you know, you've been a programmer, you did Google ads, you did Facebook ads, you've been, you know, you ran a video company. Like, did your journey through entrepreneurship, was it like, I'm going to pursue being a, like, I want to be an entrepreneur. I have the spirit in me and this is what I'm going to do. Was it just sort of a... I'm pursuing like skills and what I'm good at. And you just kind of found yourself in these positions. Like a little bit of your story. I would love to kind of understand that.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, my dad was a career banker, worked for the same company, even though, you know, they were all these banks get bought. Yeah. But he essentially worked for the same company. It just kept getting bought by new people. Uh, A career banker had to retire early for health reasons. Like, went downtown, carried the briefcase, took the train, did everything. And I thought, yeah. oh, okay, well, that's that's what you do, right? Right. Uh, my mom, she was a stay-at-home mom until later on. And uh, she ended up doing a bunch of jobs to earn some money to pay for a private school tuition and um, ended up a banker herself, which is funny. <laughs> but um, I, I thought, well, okay, that's what you do. And I fell in love with computers really mm. early in my life, um, sat down in front of an Apple IIe when I was 10 years old. And I'm like, oh my wow. gosh, yeah!" like this, this, what is this thing? What is this machine? <laughs> and uh, I was, I was obsessed with like how to create the things that were, I was like the games I was playing and the program. So interesting. Um, I would, I would just program for fun as a 10 year old, 11, 12 year old, got to high school and, took all the programming classes I could and essentially I like I didn't teach the class but like (laughs) um, I, I would finish I would finish programming so quickly it was so it was like just breathing for me that the teacher would be like okay go help everybody else so I would go help everybody else I did the same thing in college I took like as many programming classes as I could and uh I just assumed okay I'm gonna get a job you know, working on a computer, right? That's, and so I did, I, I graduated uh, from University of Illinois, Chicago in 1992. And I started working for Amoco corporation mm-hmm. and in their motor club division. And I worked on the, I was on this team that um, maintained their kind of their customer information system, which was okay. a main, a mainframe uh, thing, by the way, in college, I, I, I like was very deliberate like i knew that i needed an edge yeah. so i i worked full-time when i was in college at the at the computer operations center for the university so i would uh go to class from like eight till two i I'd go home and sleep a couple hours um you know make sure i like i would either go to the bulls game or watch the bulls game <laughs> uh, visit with my girlfriend yeah. but i would i would work from 11 11 p.m. to 7 a.m.
0: What? You were working yeah. a graveyard shift? Dude. I worked
1: a graveyard shift. Crazy. And then, and then wow. um had a little time to go get some coffee and went to school. So I did that. Amazing. For, I did that for three years. Wow. It, it was impressive to people that came on campus to interview, believe me. Yeah. And so- I did get a job offer from the university, like, Hey, you want to stay on? I'm like, yeah, no, no, I didn't really. do all this work for three years to stay here. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going, I want to work downtown. I want to take the train and have a briefcase like my dad, Yeah, which I did. And I actually wore a suit, like you had to wear suits, dude. You did. All right. Um, so I, I did the whole community thing and like, I got a great offer. I like, I was really happy with my offer and I'm yeah. like, you know, great. Uh, my wife yeah. also worked downtown. So it was like, perfect. But two weeks into getting hired, uh, Amico announced a round of layoffs. I'm like, uh. oh, interesting. <laughs> so two weeks in, and i you know, I knew I was fine. I was cheap, okay. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, within a month after I got hired, they announced these layoffs, and uh, a month after I got hired, people that I met for the first time. A month ago, I now were saying goodbye to as they carried their belongings uh, out in a cardboard box. No. And I said to myself, huh. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I'm like, something, something's amiss here. Yes. That was the first story. The second story was a year into my employment, I uh, got my performance review. And mm-hmm. you know, I love being acknowledged, right? We, t- yeah, we talked right. about that. So <laughs> I was a top performer. Okay. And Obviously. I received a... Uh, I think it was like a 2.6% raise. So it was like, awesome. Nice little bump. Well, in my yeah. uh, peer group, like we all kind of started together. Uh, one of the guys was like, hey, he," I knew he wasn't a fit. He was looking to get out. Yeah. He did his peer review and he was a below average performer. Uh-huh. He got a 2.2% raise. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm like, I busted my ass for 0.4%.
2: Yeah. It uh, doesn't quite <laughs> like, equate. Okay.
1: Uh... Okay. So, uh, I, I gutted it out for three years and I got a better offer to move to a different company and I took it working on IVR systems Yep, and, um, worked my ass off there. I had to drive 90 miles round trip every day. Ooh. Um, Gosh. I worked there for three years. I feel like I worked there for six because you had to work <laughs> long hours. Yep, uh, this is before kids, by the way. And then, uh, I I befriended a guy. I was actually working with a guy who was doing the same thing I was, but he was a contractor. I'm like, well, tell me what's that mean? What's yeah. what's that all about? Right. And he's like, well, I, I get paid by the hour, and I found out what he was getting paid, and I did the calculation. I'm like, shit, he's getting paid more <laughs> than me, and and he like essentially could call his own shots,
0: right? Do what he wants. So yeah.
1: I'm like, all right, like I put I filed that. He, he got rolled off that project and he started working on another project and he called me and he's like, hey, man, he's like, there's there's a position to do programming over at TransUnion, the uh, credit reporting agency. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's a good contract. It's going to be $100 an hour. Whoa. And
2: uh,
1: I'm, like, I'm like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's like, I'll I'll take. And he goes, I'm going to charge the client 110 He goes, I'm going to take $10 an hour and I'll you know, I'll I'll take care of all the administrative stuff for you. But what he did was he helped me at the time form my own corporation. Um, you know, taught me about withholding FICA and like all the things you gotta learn from a uh, that standpoint. And uh I I worked on that project, and it allowed me to start coaching at the high school. Yep. This was 1998, so I started. You know, I really wanted to coach high school basketball. It opened up that door. I I worked from like 5 a.m. to one or two in the afternoon every day. Got paid by the hour. Beautiful. Didn't have to deal with all the like employee training and all the stuff that you got to do as an employee and i also got to start uh, dabbling in programming websites and fell in love with that obviously knowing that the internet was taking off and so i was able to make money i was able to coach and i was able to frame also on the side start building websites and uh, i built my first big website for Uh, a sporting goods company. They remained a client up until about uh, three years ago. So they were 20 plus years. 20 plus years. I built the first e-commerce website, but what got me on my path, Noah, was they said this. They're like, I built this website. It took months right um and they're like this is awesome like how do we get traffic to like how do we get people to know about it i said yeah. oh that's easy i know how to do that I
0: said, no
1: idea <laughs> sounds I, I, I said <laughs> yeah, right. i can build a funnel for you i can build a funnel <laughs> and uh so that uh. that that got me into uh, um, internet marketing yes. went deep okay. into that i got it you know i i i, I discovered frank kern I went through his programs, I went through John Reese's stuff. Um mm. that led me to Dan Kennedy and that you know we kind of heard that part of the story but yeah. it was me just like going, "Oh, like there's a higher value like like coding is fun right. and I still kind of like that, but I'm yep. like what's really valuable is bringing customers to people." Like I yeah. just kind of inherently like Oh, I think that's more important. Yeah. So, um, I again, this is me just going, yeah. There, I, I have no idea, but I'm just going to say yes to this, right? And it, it's huh. obviously taken me on this incredible journey. But yeah, of um, course, it was, you know, seeing people getting laid off. Yeah. Okay. Um, not like performance raises sucked. Yeah. The other thing I hated was that they would tell you how many days you could take off. And, you know, like, I don't take really days off now. Yeah, right. But I I work when I want to, and I don't, like, I have the freedom to work or not work. It's not, it's not like I didn't like working. It's just I didn't like them demanding me to work from this time to this time for this many days. I'm right. like, this is ludicrous. Two weeks yeah. of vacation. Right. Like, I was just like... <laughs> I, I couldn't stand mm. it and my one company allowed me to buy extra days. I bought as many days really? as I could.
0: Interesting. I've I'm never heard like, that before. Buy extra yeah, vacation days. That's so Yeah, interesting. you
1: could you could buy well you could buy you had this like pool of money and you could buy like different benefits and one of the benefits was off days like I bought off days yeah. like. <laughs> right. But for me like you know one of my values is freedom. Like I don't mm. want people telling me what to do. So right. I I realized like mm shift work, you know, I did shift work during college. Yep. I worked corporate, like I I put my time in, but I knew it wasn't like, I knew I wasn't going to do that. Like yep. inside, I knew totally. I wasn't going to do it. Right. And once I started to experience the world, it was like, okay, um, I, I know what this is about. and This is not who I am. 100%. So, um, yeah, it was, I, I didn't, I didn't have a a brainiac product idea. You know, right. I'm not this like startup guy. It's just like, I've got some skills. Yes. Uh, I'm going to hang out my shingle and right. um, I'm going to get paid for some of this cool stuff that I know how to do. Totally. And think... I'm going to do it when I want to do it. Yeah. Right. If I want to do it. Yes. <laughs> in my own time, which right. is really important to me.
0: I think that's the main thing to sort of emphasize is the, like the skills. Like that for me is, I, What I, when I first got started, like the skill, what made me valuable in the marketplace was like, I knew how to run ads, right? And then it was a logical progression of like, okay, someone clicks on an ad, where do they go? They go to a website or a landing page or a funnel. So it's like, okay, I should learn how to do that. And then somebody opts in on a funnel, where do they go? They go into a CRM or a system. And that's very much what my career has been the last couple of years, just being very deep into that. But I think it's uh, like a mix of, you know, being aware of like, what am I actually good at? What am I curious about? What do I actually want to be doing? But also just being in tuned with like the market of like, what are problems that people are having? Oh, I can be a solution to that. And that is where like the money sort of is found. It's like, if I can always be a problem solver for people, then like, yeah, I will be gainfully employed in that sort yeah. of position. And and same sort of deal, like, you know, you, you bring up values. And I'd, I'd like to get into that a little bit because, you know, the last couple months, it's been really the last couple months, I've had this shift in perspective around just life that, like, I've thought about life being, and I think a lot of people feel this way. And I don't like making generalities, but I can because I've been in that position where, like, life it's is a process. Show. It's my show. Yeah. So I get to do what I want. Right. I get the microphone. Um, that life is sort of a process of like finding myself or discovering myself. Right. I think a lot of people sort of think that. And I, the shift has been life is a process of, creation, creating who I am, creating myself and being like awake with wide eyes wide open as I am consciously creating in this space who I am right now. Right. And also, you know, in doing that sort of, you know, having to sort of in that process sort of let go of like what this potentially is going to be and not really being lo- like one of my, one of the things that I've worked through is sort of not trying to solve problems before they exist because I get lost in, doing that rather than if I can just make the most with who I am and what I am right now, I have to trust that this will continue to sort of reveal itself to me. And if I am tapped into that and I'm in tune with me and my kind of my voice, or, you know, we talk about it sort of like raising your vibration to sort of that, that level, you know, you have to trust that like that path is going to almost be open to you or that you are creating that path intentionally. So, you know, I want to ask you like in this, you know, shift, you know, that you mentioned earlier, like a personal shift or just sort of where you're at in your journey now, like, I guess, who are you intentionally consciously creating like for Bob now, both, I guess, personally and professionally, I know it's a deep question, but we'd just love to hear like how you are navigating that. I know that's been a journey that you've been super deep into. So yeah, I would just love to hear kind of where you're at with it right now. How old are you? <laughs> I turn 27 next month.
1: <laughs> oh, I wish I would have known this shit at 27 <laughs> instead of instead of having to go through everything yeah. at, at middle middle 50 years <laughs> going. Right. Um You absolutely nailed it. Life is a process of discovering who you are. Um, I, I'll amend that with one word. It's it's a process of remembering who you are. Uh, I believe Oof. we come. I believe we come here encoded with all knowledge and all wisdom and we make a conscious choice to come Mm -hmm. into this 3d have amnesia and go on this discovery process but it's not about discovering it's actually remembering who we are Uh, i think we come here we are we are a soul that has a body we are not a body that has a soul and there's a big difference there yeah um um and i don't i don't know if you talk about this stuff on your podcast but you asked the question
0: no i mean you're the you're the one that i know is deeper into <laughs> this so like yeah you're the you're
1: the outlet i want to hear from you so what 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 i've remembered yes. is that that's what life's all about yep it is a process of dis- of of remembering who you are right and then intentionally creating the experiences that you want to have right it it is it is we are we are creative beings that are connected to this ultimate source that have the same creative power. And we are here to experience life and we are here to create things and all creations come from thought. And I just like you and others are working through, well, how do I change my environment by changing my thoughts? Right. And I'm spending a lot of time on that. And it's really only been the last year or two where I've really, really opened up to this, and really started doing some of that work um, replacing beliefs that I have been operating on since before I was conscious, you know, a lot of the things that are impregnated into us happened before the age of 10 Yep. Um, beliefs and patterns and, and things that are just by virtue of our environment are just, are just programs that, that we are running. Um, and Not really – and and most people don't ever question whether those programs are useful. Not whether Mm -hmm. they're right or wrong, but are they useful to me? And and a conscious being, somebody who is awake goes, is this behavior useful to me because Mm -hmm. I'm getting this result? So now the way I evaluate things is, okay, I'm having this result. And I'm finding that it is not useful to me anymore. So therefore, how do I change the result? Well, we got to go backwards. Yep. You change your actions and behaviors and go, okay, what thoughts are creating that? Yep. And those thoughts don't come from your logical mind. They come from your emotional mind. It's your subconscious. Right. So, you know, and you know, this, what, what I'm working on is my accreditation to like help people through this process, which is. How do I tap into my subconscious? How do I tap into my inner self to actually change the behaviors? The way society is wired is like, oh well, the way for you to become successful or to do anything is just just learn this thing right right Our entire school system is based on learn this information and regurgitate it back to me and somehow some way that's going to make you successful in life. Well, how many geniuses are wealthy? How many smart people that with MBAs are actually doing great things and are and are, are financially stable? Not many. Oh, man. um, there, there is a process that we need to go through, but it, it is this, which is about 45 to sixty percent of, of somebody's success, is going to be based on what they think about. Um, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of studies, um, and we don't have time to go into this, this real deep. But yeah. you know, like, um, you know, there's, there, there's been a lot of work done, and a lot of studies that that kind of prove this point. It's, you know, again, you just look empirically. Like if, if intelligence was the only source of people being successful in this world or not, <laughs> you just look and say <laughs> how many intelligent people are really, really like not doing well in life.
2: Right, right. right.
1: Um, so what, what you have discovered at your age is going to serve you well and others who are waking up to this is going to be an amazing thing for them to be able to live a much more fulfilling life because they're consciously aware of the results in their life, the effects of their life. And really, really wise people ask, okay, what are the causes behind these effects in my life
2: and actually
1: go and address them. Right. That is a powerful discovery. And if that is something you are resonating with, congratulations because you pretty much unlocked the secret of life
0: (laughs) he's talking to everybody listening not yeah not just me (laughs) Uh, it's it's very new for me and it's a bit i mean it's like shaking my own foundation because it's like where do these beliefs actually come from does this belief serve me like why do i actually believe these things and like I am, you know, like you. It's a
1: it's a really good thing you said there. Yeah. Does, it, does, does this belief serve me? It's not, right. is this belief right or wrong? No. Because there's a lot of people with agendas in the education system and the government and religion that want to tell you that this belief is good for you. Right. And this belief is wrong. Like right. our entire political upheaval right now is because one side says this is right and the mm-hmm. other side says this is right. and This side says it's wrong. This, like... It's not about right or wrong. It's Mm. is this useful for me? Right. That that is a fundamental question. And there's a lot of people with agendas that want to control what you believe and they want you to be a good soldier. And more than any other vocation, it's entrepreneurs that have realized like that is not the way to go. Right. Like they are free thinkers. Like like me i don't want them to tell me how many weeks vacation (laughs) i can take right and i also went through a religious deprogramming too noah which was like i i was fully active and fully bought into it Mm. but there was a part of me that was always uncomfortable Mm. and it was because it was because i was being told what to believe and it wasn't and was like, oh, I guess I just, I guess I don't believe well enough, or I'm not, you know, like it was, there was always something wrong with me. No, it was this inner voice going, no, that's not what it's about. Right. Um, and it's going to rattle some feathers, but hey, it's your podcast and you invited me on. So you <laughs>
0: these are the conversations I want to have. I didn't tell anybody that they have to listen to this stuff. So yeah, it's right. up to the, that, that, uh, like, I think something that I'm super curious about is like that voice, that voice that you hear. Is that, this is the question that I want to ask, like, has that voice, have have you always been aware of that voice? Are there certain things that you do to maybe amplify the ability to connect to that voice? Is it a voice that you hear, right? Like in the Perry world, we talk about like memos from the head office and some people see shapes or they hear a voice or they see certain things like, yeah, what is that specifically for you?
1: Um. It's going to be different for everybody. Yeah. Everybody has an inner voice. Uh, It's kind of like right now, without realizing it, all around us, there is Wi-Fi signals, there's television signals, there's radio signals.
2: Right.
1: Now, we can't hear or see any of that, correct? right. But there are tuners available. Like I could turn the radio on. Hmm. I could turn the television on. I can turn the computer on and like, we're using a Wi-Fi signal right now, just because you're not aware of them doesn't mean they don't exist. And what I'm saying is every one of us has the ability to hear an inner voice. Now for me, the way it works for me is my inner voice is my voice, which is kind of confusing because you're like, well, it's like, hmm <laughs> like, yeah, am I really you, hearing? Right. How do you differentiate? Like, you is differentiate? Just me? Right. Uh, that's a, that's a process of trial and error. Okay. Uh, but the way to hear the voice is you have to turn off distractions. So you Mm -hmm. do need to get into a practice of meditation, of journaling, where you quiet your mind. It, It is go, go to any religion, go to any sort of practice. They are going to tell you, you know, Christians say to pray, Jews pray, um, muslims pray uh it is it is the process praying is not about like spewing your (laughs) true prayer is you be quiet and you listen right right that's what meditation is it is you quiet your mind you just you you cut out the noise and then you start to differentiate uh between like is this noise is this my ego or is this my inner voice yeah i, I can't say it's anything other than experience and trial and error hmm. um and I, I just know that when i've heard the voice and i've taken the step forward based on that voice and gotten that feedback like yep. you heard it right right it's pretty powerful yeah i have heard uh i have heard a voice audibly in the past, it doesn't happen that frequently, but it has happened for me. Um, but most people will hear that inner voice and it's going to sound like you, mm-hmm. which makes it confusing. Confusing. But yeah. that's that's what happens for most people.
0: That's been my experience. A lot of
1: practice. Me. Yeah. It's a lot of practice, Noah.
0: It's a lot of practice. A lot of like being.
1: Can't throw a curveball if you don't practice throwing a curveball. <laughs> right.
0: And You know we're... that hundred percent, but I think like it starts with just being open to it. And like m- my experience with it has been when I do feel like there are the intuition or I hear the voice and I have like gone astray from it because I thought like oh, I was just me or like, you know, I'm you know, I'm gonna turn this off then like, yeah, the <laughs> the then real world experience has not been ideal, let's just say. And the, I think there's something to that. The more that like your inner voice is quieter, that you reject it or aren't living true to that. And you're living more in the idea of like, well, I want to please people around me or living in like the other people's ideas or perceptions. Like I'm going to do these things because I want to please this thing that I have set for me. Then like that voice gets quieter and quieter. And it's a process of like shedding that stuff and getting deeper into that and finding like, well... I'm going to listen to this voice. I'm going to make decisions based on me and I don't need it to make sense to anybody else around me. Cause I right. hear it. I see it. That's what I'm going to exemplify and live in and live through quite honestly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, just know that a true inner voice coming from source is never going to have you violate somebody else's free will. Yeah. There are people who hear a voice and go commit atrocities in the name of this inner voice. They call it God or whatever. If you're violating somebody else's free will or you're pushing your agenda on them, that is not an inner voice. Yeah. Okay. Right. This um, inner voice is always going to be um, draped in love It's always going to be useful for you and it's going to be, it's, it it will give you the voice will give you information about other people, but it's always in a way to serve them, not to leverage them or harm them. Yep. Um, The other thing you could do is, you know, the voice is not just in your head. You could, you could, you you Hmm. can feel it in your heart. You can feel it in your gut. Right. Um, They call it a gut check. what, you know, what does your gut say? Well, wh- what do they mean by that? Well, when you hear something that resonates with you, it's not just something that you logically get. Right. You feel it,
2: right?
1: You feel it in your heart, right? And you feel it in your gut. Right.
2: Those
1: are those are energy centers of the body. Mm-hmm. And it, it resonates down. It's like, you know, your gut is like the woofer on <laughs> on this on the system, right? Um like it's the deep base. You could feel something like, hey, I feel that in my gut. Yeah, you know, um, when you feel things, that's the that's the other thing. Is feelings are okay. Mm-hmm. Feelings are actually your true. Are you sure about your feelings? Yeah, your uh. your soul communicates. Your higher self communicates to you through feelings. Hundred percent. We are taught that feelings are bad. Yes. Or certain feelings are good. So, like, no, your you know, your feelings are the the language of your soul. So yeah. when you feel something in your heart, you know, you feel love. um, you you get that that funny feeling in your chest like i should not go that way <laughs> you know we've all had that or you get this prompting like look right and you realize oh my goodness there's a there's a car blowing through the stoplight right now like what is that yeah what is that <laughs> you didn't like you didn't hear the voice but you right. had this feeling you're gut, yeah. like what's like <laughs> oh right yeah, and look, this has happened to everybody, whether you yeah. whether you admit to it or not. It's yeah. happened to everybody. Of course, you're thinking about so, somebody, and
0: all of a sudden, like they reach out, they text you. Yeah, I mean, like that's that's something too. Yeah,
1: there you go. Um, there you go. So, hmm. yeah, goodness.
0: I want to be respectful of your time, Bob. Um, I think we could have this conversation be hours and hours because I would love to get deeper into. We could. Yeah, I mean, talking about. I mean, and we, we have. Get... <laughs> I would love to, I mean, of course, like I want to be able to talk to you about like the components of a good story. I want to hear, you know, marketing and get into deep in that. Like I, I want to talk about, you know, love versus fear and how those are really like the two main drivers in this world. Like I want to get deep into all that stuff. Maybe we'll share or save it for episode number two. Um, There you go. I'm open to it. Fantastic. Where I would like to close this loop. um, And really kind of put a button on some of this is, Really present like the question back to you. I mean, we the the word that I always come back to, and we mentioned it a couple of times in this is like success, right? People just throw around the word success. And I think that always means something different for everybody. It's like, you know, systems of wealth. Wealth always means something different for everybody. Yeah. So yeah, I would very much like to just hear your definition of that at this point in your life. And I'm sure that word has meant something different to you, you know, throughout your career and sort of going through this shift. What what does that word success mean to you now and how you think about where you're moving towards, like, you know, towards the future? Like, how are you thinking about success? How are you creating success in your life?
1: It's a really good question. Um, there's a couple ways. There There is a component of... Let's just start with the financial component. I yeah. think for me... There has been a level of of success in that um, it has bought me freedom and time. Yep. Um, I don't I don't currently or believe that I've achieved a level of financial wealth that I'm satisfied with yet. Yep. Uh, but I do have it. I do have the ability to to do things that many 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 other people cannot do. Yep. So in that light relatively I'm, I'm very successful for me uh the highest level of success is when I really apply my soul gifts of like connection and empathy and and leadership and those things and I get the positive feedback from people that like it's worth it so like you at the top of the podcast, just acknowledging the fact like hey you've played a role in my life that means i'm successful because i've i have poured out my abilities and kind of who i am into you and it's had an impact so that feedback loop lets me know i've been successful Hmm. um the fact that uh you know i've got two grown adult daughters that are good humans they're kind uh they're they work hard they they also do good things for people um they they have the same they have great hearts uh i'm successful because of that um i married my high school sweetheart my best friend and we are still that way um so it's on beautiful. that standpoint i have a successful marriage relationship so yeah. um i i come from a family i mean there's a lot of families that that look different than mine that have a lot of struggles um those those are all those are those are all journeys that those people are on for me it's the fact that uh i i get along with uh, that i've always gotten along with my parents that uh, i get along with my siblings that i have good extended relationships with uncles and cousins and aunts and and grandparents when they were alive like I've, i i consider that successful that you know I've, i come from a, a rich family of that values each other's presence so it, it's just a lot of those things and it, mm. it's it's not narrow for me at all but yeah ultimately like if you said hey you know get down to your last days it's it's i would always i would always go to relationships first for me
0: beautiful i love it okay last question actually i want to ask you this who who are you bob who are you
1: Did did we not cover this for the the last hour and a half?
0: Just just who are you? Like, if someone came up and asked you, like, not what you do, who are you? How would you answer that?
1: I, I would tell them I would tell him a story. But yeah. I am oh, a highly I'm a highly empathetic person. Um, I'm very intuitive. Uh, I am highly relationship based. I like to have. Fewer people that I go deep with versus many people that I'm shallow with. Mm. Uh, I am a I am a coach uh, and a family person, and uh, I'm an entrepreneur that uh, really digs being free and discovering who I am. It's beautiful. I'll go with that. I'll go with that. <laughs> I love it, Bob. I want you, I want you to build me a business card to to <laughs> Yeah,
0: right. I can hey. hand that out. Anybody that was listening, just the, again, the takeaways is those I am statements are so valuable, so important. I'll leave people with that as well. So, um, Bob, your time today was just totally invaluable. Thank you so much. Very enlightening. Fills my heart. These conversations are just, they, they're so meaningful for me. And I know anybody that gets a chance to listen, you know, will get just as much value. So, um, again, appreciate you. Thank you so much. We'll put, you know, I'll put some links to the podcast in the show notes strategic story experience, people that want to, you know, get, get connected with you and want to reach out. Of course, hundred percent highly encourage all those. Um, yeah. Like I said, this has been a little while since I've done a podcast. So I forget how to sign these things off. I think I am usually just like, Hey, I think you hit so the, much. I think
1: you hit the stop button.
0: <laughs> hit the stop button. Um, yeah. Oh, I know my sign off is to all my builders out there. I salute you, Bob. Thank you again. I'll see you guys all in the next episode. Awesome.